1: taylor stevens the new york times best-selling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers and this is the taylor stevens show with my good friend steve campbell where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time
0: taylor while you were hunkered down wherever you were hunkered down doing whatever you were doing for all that all this time and we talked about all that last in last week's episode i was in texas what i was in texas where and it's a funny story it's a it's a It's a kind of a cool story. I'm probably the only person alive who has feelings like this. But sometimes when you're raising your kids, you think to yourself, this young man is never going to be this kind of person, or he's never going to do this, or he's never going to do that. And every so often, there's something that just flabbergasts you. And our son, we have twin boys, He is, he's always been a bit of a player, so to speak. And hopefully he doesn't listen to this show. I'm certain that he doesn't. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he met this girl and they've been together for a while. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Not really paying much attention to it. And they moved to Texas together. They were living here, living separately. And then they decided they were going to move back to Texas together because Ryan had lived in Texas Uh, for a while, and wanted to go back there. So they're there, and they're together, and I'm not really giving this relationship much chance, not for any particular reason, just, you know, there's a slight difference in age, and it's just, you know, relationships don't always work out. So as as your children get into dating age, you'll you'll see, oh, we really like this
1: do get attached.
0: Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, don't get attached. And so I, I'm so bad at it, I'm like, I don't even remember names sometimes. And he's the opposite of his twin brother, who just wanted to be married and have the picket fence. So anyway, we get this call. They're going to get engaged, but she doesn't know. And he's going to do a surprise thing. And he's, he's inviting us to come, and he's inviting her family to come, and friends, and family. And she
1: doesn't know. And
0: she doesn't know.
1: That man, that man has got some serious confidence.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I, that's what I said. It's like, I hope she says yes. And so, I, at first I thought, there's no way he will pull this off, because this is, our family secret is that we can't keep secrets. There are no <laughs> okay. secrets. Everything just gets blurted out by everyone. So I'm like, there's no way this is going to work. But, you know, we we made the plane reservations, and we're a little bit late in getting there. So the way he organized it was they were having couples' pictures taken, uh, just the two of them and a photographer somewhere. So they had the, the pictures taken, and at the end, he got down on one knee and proposed to her, and he cried and she cried and, you know, all this stuff that we learned after the fact because no one else was there. And then he took her back over to her father, over to his father's house where everyone except us, because we were late, uh, was already there. And so there was this great surprise party and, you know, people just kept coming and surprising. And it, it was, it was really, it was, it was a fantastic thing. And I'm so proud of him for pulling this off and hearing her talk about the two of them gives me great faith in their relationship. And I'm just—I was bursting with pride, and I know Julie was too.
1: That is so cool. So this is why you were in Texas. That's why I was in
0: Texas and didn't tell but you. Well, I—I pr- could have said that I tried to reach you and that you ignored me because you were hunkered down.
1: And everybody would believe you. too. Everyone, and I, prob- I probably—you would, would believe it too. You and then <laughs> you
0: would—you would chalk that up as another failure on your part. So I'm not yes, going—I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right, with that out of the way, we do have a writing topic this week, and a little bit of background on, on this topic. When I write, I have a tendency to want to just get, like I said, our family doesn't keep secrets, so <laughs> I want to get all the secrets out there That's right a great away. great segue. It, and it wasn't intentional. It just dawned on my... That, uh, that that's what I do. And I know you've told me before, it's like, you know, it's too early for this or it's, you know, you, you don't, you need to wait on this.
1: Or stop asking these direct questions. Nobody would answer those direct
0: questions. Oh oh, gosh. I thought I took all those out. Oh no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, you do tell me that, but now I, now I'm panicking.
1: No previous conversations.
0: Okay. All right. So anyway, this is always, it's a thing for me. And when I, When I see it in movies or when I read it in books, I always think, oh, that's really well done. They just kind of toss that out there and you're intrigued as a reader and you can't wait to get to the end of it. So I've been thinking about that and I was thinking about it, first off, in relation to a a single story, the idea of – you know, telling a story and just kind of leaking out information and then resolving it and then leaking out information and resolving it all the way through the story to to keep the narrative drive going. And then I was reflecting back on this series of books that I read and really enjoyed. I probably started them three or four months ago, and the author of the series is Alan Lee, and the name of the first book, which it's been retitled since I read it, is "Killing August." Uh, the series is the Mackenzie August series, and it's a it's like a hard boiled but funny PI series, um, and I've 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 really enjoyed it. But the thing he did was there's the story, and then there's the series story, uh, sort of like a, a TV series, and where there's that one thing that they have to deal with just a little bit to get you all the way through the series to the end where there's the big reveal so in his case there's a relationship thing that's going on and the woman says i am not a good person and i've got these secrets and you're never going to know them and it's like oh what are the secrets and then he reveals the secrets in each book and it's like that's really clever And it, it keep the actual, the title of the second book is The Second Secret. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. So it just, it keeps you, it keeps you going. And, you know, once you get to the third secret, it's like, you know, wow, this is, I can't believe he's going this way with, with the story. And it's, it's fascinating to me the, the way he did it. And so that's what I wanted to talk about the idea of leaving those breadcrumbs and not giving too much and what, what good techniques are for, for just keeping me from doing what I want to do, which is just tell people like, I've got a secret and here's what it is. That's what I would want to do in the story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it reminds me, there's um, a guy that I follow on Twitter. I don't do really a lot on Twitter and mostly I just use Twitter to research and, and read news and stuff and so I follow very very few people, but um, God, I don't even remember his name. I think it's Scott Meyer. He has a blog called Go Into the Story, and he's a scriptwriter. And I found him like years and years and years ago um, when I was first discovering Twitter. I don't remember how I stumbled across him, and and I started following him because I had this idea that maybe I would learn how to write scripts eventually one day. And he has so much. He's such a wealth of information. So he sometimes he often tweets out um, quotes from other script writers, authors or whatever. And there's this one thing he said fairly recently. Um, he didn't say he was tweeting retweeting somebody else's quote about how script writing is a balance of figuring out how to withhold and portray information.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's all about information when the timing of that information when you give it to the reader and from a from a writing perspective from a novelist perspective that is even more acute, even more true because especially when you're dealing with spy novels or you know mysteries or whatever the whole idea of storytelling is withholding or revealing information that is what plot is basically that is what character is basically and and that's what story sense is is revealing things to the reader to keep them wanting to read and it's it's kind of a an interesting thing because you as the author I mean granted if you are writing the story uh, organically, by the seat of your pants, maybe you don't actually know what's going to happen, and so you're discovering it along with the reader. And there are a lot of authors that do it that way. But when you write plot-wise, um, like like I do, and like many people who write uh, intricate sort of thrillers or things that require knowing what's going to happen to actually make it work, because it, it it's so it's so pieced together, you know all of this stuff ahead of time or a lot of it ahead of time. And it's really easy to forget the reader doesn't know. So it it can feel to you as you're writing it, like you're just spilling all the secrets. And it, this is, it's kind of something I've gone through recently. Yeah, this book is horrible. It's bad. It's just so blatant. But that's because I know everything already. But for somebody who's just discovering it for the first time, they don't know it and so it really does feel like they're trying to figure out what they, they don't know which direction the story is going to go you do they don't and so that whole you know giving the information as it goes you can feel like you're giving too much if you've plotted out the book just because you know but the readers don't know so to them it could go any which way and so it's it's still exciting But this whole concept of doing a series as secrets, that's like taking it to a whole new level.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was that was pretty clever. I can't think
1: that I can't think that far in advance, you know, Um, but storytelling storytelling really is and story sense really is a revealing of secrets or a revealing of information and the timing of that reveal.
0: You know, and it's it doesn't necessarily have to be something big. And I'm I'm trying to think of a real example and I can't think of anything, but I can imagine something where two people are together in a a house and they're not used to each other. And one person describes the other person putting something gross in their coffee and just leaving it at that. And then as a reader, you're going, what did they put in their coffee? And then if you can reveal that a little bit later as part of another conversation or something, two chapters later to, to close that loop, it's interesting enough to make you want to keep reading, even though it's not a plot point or anything like that. It's just something that triggers your curiosity. And there are certain writers who, who do that all the time. And it just, it just keeps you going. And it's like, open the loop, close the loop, open the loop, close the loop. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful skill, and, and in my mind, it's like, oh, I can't believe she put that gross thing in her coffee. Why did you put that gross thing in your coffee? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's, that's what editing is for, yeah. <laughs> to go back and take all that out. Yes, but you can um, take
0: the question out, but, but you, then you need to move the, move, the, move the answer 20 pages down the line, not right. two sentences down the line.
1: And unless you want to tie it into something else, then you know that there's going to be the loop is only partially closed, it's like um, a crochet, you know. It's gonna
0: change, <laughs> oh, that's, that's it's good, going to that's really good down,
1: down the road. Um, the, there's another thing I read recently similar, same, same Twitter feed, different, different person being tweeted, um, about how one of the elements of story is that the character doesn't know what's going to happen. Like, the character doesn't know what he's doing or she's doing character. And when the character doesn't know something, even if the reader kind of sort of does, they don't know what's going, which direction's going to happen. And then, then the information becomes, what is the character going to do? What are they going to do about it? And that creates a level of open loop that you keep reading to find out how it's going to happen. Like, there are stories I've read where there's just really... There's plot wise, there's just really not that much to it. But you get so wrapped up in the characters and their lives and the trying to see how it's going to turn out. That even though it's a straight telling of the story and you're not actually withholding information from the reader along the way, just waiting to see how it's going to turn out becomes the withholding. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a book by... Amore tolls I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, called uh, Something Civility. I read it a long time ago. And it's this story of this woman. I think she's in New York City back in the 1930s or so. And it's her relationship with this, her friend and this young man. And he turns out not to end up being who they think she, he is. And it's this very, very long telling of this story but it opens with her in a gallery seeing a picture of him like somebody had taken um candid street shots and there was a picture taken like a black and white taken on the subway and he was in that picture and she recognized him and he was all you know beaten down and didn't look anything like the person that she knew and so the whole story is her relationship how she you know what her life was like in new york and how she ended up meeting this guy and and all these different things that happened and you get complaints from readers saying this was boring nothing happened but it wasn't about the happening it was about getting from it was the journey from a to z and so you keep reading because it's 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 absolutely fascinating, captivating book for those who, who enjoy that type of reading. And it's not like any information was withheld. Specifically, it was just the unfolding of a life. Mm. And and you knew that, and you're waiting to see how it got from what she saw at the beginning. How did that tie into to everything else? And, you know, even the ending to me was just like, yeah, whatever. But... The journey was really quite fascinating. So sometimes the, the revealing of information isn't really even about withholding. It's just about offering it in, in a, a steady, pacing flow that keeps people wanting to figure out what happened.
0: And the title of that book was Rules of Civility,
1: Thank you, thank yes. you very so I, much. So I
0: looked it up based on what you said, and a more TOWLES, T-O-W-L-E-S, and I'm just looking at the cover on Amazon, and it's it's a very appealing cover. It's it's probably different than when you saw it, but it's like this 1920s kind of look to it.
1: It was it was a really for me. I really enjoyed the book, and I it wasn't like a thriller, like a page turner, mm-hmm. but you just didn't want to put it down because you kept wanting to find out about these people's lives. So. I just in terms of storytelling and and all of that how it is a dance of withholding information and when to reveal information that can look differently based on the type of book. So we have Rules of Civility which didn't really withhold it just told it in in a in a chronological storyline or then you have you know books like Liar's Paradox which is just this all over the place slowly leading you on a, a trail of what the hell is going on until it all kind of comes together and makes sense at the end. And then you have stories like the series that you were reading, where they actually use the withholding of information to, to lead the series along. But ultimately, all of that is, is story. It is, it is, that is the essence of what keeps us wanting to read more.
0: And I was, I was actually going to refer to, to Liar's Paradox, just really even in the opening scene, and I won't give away anything for people who haven't read it, but there's there's something that happens, and you wonder why that's happening, and then you find out that the two people are brother and sister, and you wonder why they are the way they are, and then you wonder why they're bickering, and it just kind of like drives that first section of the book where you just want to figure out what's going on.
1: It totally wouldn't have worked if that, actually, Liar's Paradox is a classic example of a story that would have been impossible if you gave all the information up front. Yes. The only way to tell it was to show it in in flashback. There's so much history in Mm -hmm. there, right? So you had to show it. But if you just said, well, you know, here's 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 this woman's past, then there's there's no story anymore because the the journey, the discovery, is through the discovery of that information.
0: But that's the, that's knowing that is is what separates you from other writers who might have just done a prologue or something, or just did this long narrative thing that that explained why the brother and sister bicker all the time, and and. And then just go on with the story from there without building that tension. Just
1: well, and, and that might have worked too. It just would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is that's why they say you know with with ideas and stuff you can have the same idea told ten different ways, and and it won't even feel like the same idea because it's it's in the execution of the idea, right? Right. So the the goal is. To create that sense in readers that they want to keep reading. And, and it can backfire on you, too. If you don't give the reader enough information to get them through that stretch that they're in right there to where it it nothing makes sense, then they're not going to want to keep reading because they just get frustrated. They're not interested. They're, they're frustrated. And it's like, ah, it's, it's too much. So... That's where that's why it's a dance between giving enough, not enough, too much to, to and that's 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 story sense. That's it's one of those things that you almost can't even you can't almost can't teach it. Mm-hmm. It's something that you learn through the experience of reading or through practice or where you're just one of those lucky people who has an innate sense of story, which some people do. I, I am one of those people who grasps it on a, an internal level, and and do, I don't even understand it when somebody tries to explain it. I just understand how story works. It, you, that's why you can get people who are brilliant writers but write just boring books because they don't have a sense of story. And and it's one of those things that you either have it,
0: understand it when you see it
1: somewhere else, or you just don't.
0: All right. Well, I think we have covered this topic We have every intention of being back next week. I'm pretty darn sure we're going to be back because Taylor does not want to fail at this again. Oh, my God. Don't even set me up like that.
1: (laughs) But, 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 but we did have a really brilliant idea from longtime listener and fan and patron Jill, who, understanding the demands that are currently at us right now, suggested that we do a show or two with reader input, where...
0: Or even listener input.
1: That's what I meant, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) With listener input, where those who are friends of the show, who've been with us for a while, tell us what episode, what thing you've learned from the show that you feel has helped you the most. What thing in my books have you felt helped you the most or that you enjoyed the most as a reader and and why what did you learn here that cuz i get i do get feedback from i've gotten from a number of listeners who are writers who thank me you know your show has helped me more than all the other you know, writing books that I've read, or your show because of your show, I was able to finish my book and it went on to do X, Y, Z. And and I get that kind of feedback, but it's not something that I feel like I can just, you know, come on and start reading and and bragging. It's like, that was to me personally, it wasn't meant for, you know, public consumption. But it would be really fun and it would take the pressure off of me immensely um, in, in these coming weeks if If we did a show or two with your suggestions and and uh, reactions, responses of what it is that of this show that has benefited you in in what ways. So if this is something that interests you and you would like to participate in a show like that, you can write the show email address, which is taylorstevensbooks at gmail.com. and we it would. Yeah, we'll have, we'll see if we if we have, I think we'd probably need about two or three minimum to be able to to do a show like that. But it would be a really fun recap I think for new listeners as well to know what shows to go back to. Like you found this particularly helpful and it would point new listeners back to those specific episodes so yeah if this interests you let us know and maybe we'll have something to show for it
0: okay that would be cool and just so you know if you do send an email to that address both taylor and i get it so yeah but steve
1: doesn't read his emails <laughs> actually i've gotten really behind on email too but we we, prom- we promise we promise we will bo- we will both read that one
0: All right, so thank you guys for listening, and we will be back again next Tuesday.
1: See you next Tuesday. Fingers crossed.